I want to make sure though that I give you a formal introduction because tonight we have the pleasure of being joined by a legend, a hip hop legend, Just Ice, AKA Sir Vicious, AKA The Desolate One, AKA the original gangster of hip hop. Appreciate you, bro. Originally from the Bronx. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do or die, you know. But yo, as I was doing some research for this interview, one thing I came across, and tell me if it's true, that are you originally from Brooklyn, but then moved to the Bronx? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm from Fort Greene. Oh, okay. Mm. Mm. See, I lived in Fort Greene with my grandmother in the late 70s. She lived um, on 116th Street, right down the block from the mosque. Okay. Right down the block. So we used to always see um, Malcolm X we used to always see Elijah Muhammad. We used to always because the mosque was right the, the next corner across the street from my house, mm. from that block. So, and after she moved from there, that's when she moved to Castle Hill in the Bronx. Okay. Okay. In the late seventies, mm. I mean, Castle Hill wasn't even it wasn't even finished being built when she moved there. They were still building it. Damn. Damn. So, um, that's the that's that's the transition from Brooklyn to the Bronx. So primarily, I mean, would you say it's fair to say that you primarily grew up in the Bronx? Nah, no, no, it was half and half. Trust me, half trust me, it was half and trust me. Sometimes <laughs> it was more Brooklyn. So at the end, it was way more Brooklyn. <laughs> so, 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 so tell us a little bit about like your experience in terms of like your upbringing. What was it like? Rough, dog. It was rough. I had to fight every day in school, shit. <laughs> my, and, my, and that's fucked up because my mom's a good teacher at some of those schools. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it, it wasn't nothing easy coming up, man. It wasn't nothing easy. It ain't nothing like these motherfuckers growing up today. Nothing like it. No. Nothing like it. I can give you one prime example. Nowadays, kids want to stay in the house and do a little electronic thing, right? My mom's kicked you out the house. Yep. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Don't cross the street. Don't go nowhere far. Be back upstairs before the fucking before it gets dark, which yeah. means nine o'clock. Yeah. So eight fifty at eight fifty nine, we on our way upstairs. Cause if we come in at nine oh one, we in trouble. Word. Yo, you know what the you know what the difference is too as a result of going outside. Like I think that back in the days, like you know, older generations had better social skills. Also, like they knew what it meant to actually have to engage somebody to make a friend. Like right now, engagement is via social media. Like, you know, you a friend, people associate a friend with clicking on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is, rather than actually having to engage a person in person and the develop art, friendship. The, the art of conversation has been lost. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> you know, yeah. nowadays it's more or less emojis or a text or email or something like that. You know, I, I mean, personally, I really don't fuck around too much on social media. Mm -hmm. You know, and if I do go, if I do go on Facebook, I don't use my name. <laughs> I go by a different name. So, you know, because to me, I mean, that just doesn't appeal to me, you know, to get on a damn computer and just stay on there for hours. I'm not going to, I have some people I probably wouldn't even like if I met them. Yeah. No, that's true. But yeah, isn't it you interesting that, that technology is designed to bring us closer together, but has really driven people further apart? I mean, yeah, because everybody want to be isolated now. Yeah. Everybody wants to be isolated. A lot of people use COVID for that. A lot of people was like, damn, I'm glad COVID came. Now you got to go next, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Know what I mean? And after COVID left, well, COVID never left. Because in New York, that shit is still floating around. It's still floating around. But down, that's, that's, that's the, um, 
that's the reason why now. That's the, they're not saying, oh, I don't want to, it's not that I don't want to be with you, I don't want to see you, blah, 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 blah. I'm just doing this, so I'm just doing that, or I'm just doing this. But in all reality, I don't want to come near your ass. <laughs> you know the funny thing about that about COVID is don't you feel like like sometimes people should have been keeping their distance to begin with <laughs> I mean yeah I mean common sense because I, yeah. I mean I was always this type of motherfucker as far as my hand can go out that's as far as you stay the fuck away from me mm-hmm. <laughs> when yeah. I'm talking to somebody this is my safe distance don't come into that circle Yeah, yeah. I mean that's, that's before COVID yeah you know, that's that- before COVID that shit cultural though. You know that shit cultural. That's space is reserved for close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, seriously, man. Weather can be weather related because it's too hot. A motherfucker just be aggravated. Don't stand close to me. For real. Just you wanna talk, stay the fuck over there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that shit is cultural. Yo, so you you were known as the original gangster hip hop. How how'd you end up um getting that Monica? And were you cool with it? Yeah, because I didn't really I didn't say that about myself. I mean, the record was the original gangster hip hop because back then when I first started back in 86, 85, 86, wasn't nobody talking about gangster shit. Mm. Nobody in California, no NWA. No ice cube, none of them. Didn't even know about them. We didn't even know about them niggas back then. Mm-hmm. And if we did, it was just a glimpse. He was Bumpy mean? Knuckles before Bumpy Knuckles. Yeah, yeah I, I did it. Yeah, that's my dude too. Big up Bumpy. That's my dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when I, 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 I think it was from the media because I never said I'm the gangster of hip hop. That came from the record companies mm. and the people because nobody was rhyming like that. Right. And I don't I don't know if they took it as stories, but I would just say life experiences, you know. Mm. Cause that's one thing I'll never do is say something on a record that I haven't experienced. Okay. Mm. I'm not a storyteller from that point of view, from the outside looking in. I'm a storyteller from the motherfucker that happened to. Me. Right. <laughs> right, that makes sense. Makes perfect sense, man. You know, that's a, so I guess that name of Monica, the gangster of hip hop, it came from the record companies, it came from the media. I mean, yeah, you live with that shit, man, but I don't go around saying, yo, I'm the original gangster of hip hop. But I know if it comes to that title and motherfuckers try to challenge it, I know who the original gangster of hip hop is. <laughs> I hear that. That's uh, a fact. That's a fact. Let me ask you, Lord, and pardon for my tardiness, Lord. Pardon me. Don't, don't worry about that, man. Computers are motherfucking. Yo, son, listen, man, they're crazy. <laughs> Let me ask you, what, what led you to join the 5%? And the part two of that question is, how important is it for our music to return back to dropping jewels? Mm. Well, good question, by the way. I became a 5% in 1979 when I was still 13. I got introduced to Nation of 5% when I was in the seventh grade by my man Raheem. He wow, lived next door to me. Yeah. I, well, we got taught by the, one of the first nine born. Okay. We, we didn't get taught by no secondhand people who handed down diluted lessons. Right. We got taught, my generation of the Nation of 5%, when I was younger, we got taught 
I think it was by um, one of the one of the original sons from the father. I think it was BLR, the one in the wheelchair. Right, right. I think it was either BLR, I'm not, I'm not. But we got taught by one of the originals, and we didn't even get taught by getting handed lessons. Sure. He spoke the lesson. You wrote the lesson down. That's right. Mm. <laughs> one lesson a day. One lesson a day. We had civilization classes, but back to the reason why I joined. I mean. It wasn't a matter of joining, it was just a matter of understanding what was being said and it related to what was happening. Right. And I can relate to it. It's not like some old bullshit Christianity where they tell you you'll go up there and there's something in the motherfucking sky, blonde hair, blue eyes, redneck devil and shit, and, it, and you're supposed to pray to this motherfucker, you know what I mean? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because well, when I look up in the sky, all I see is it's the sky. earth. I see the sky, I see stars. <laughs> the sky is blue because of the reflection of the sun coming off the ocean. I, I, I see, this is the shit that I see. Just, and that and that related to the nation of the 5%. Because we used to break, I mean, back then we was asking questions like, what makes the grass green? I mean, we only like, we only like 13 years old now. Mm. 12 and 13. So it opens you up to ask. There you go. And you can actually see what we saying, because if you deal with the signs of chlorophyll and the plant, you will see how it turns green. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and you can see that, like, what makes water wet? Heat. Heat makes water wet. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple question. Now, you ask some of this Christianity, some of this shit, boy, they'll, they'll take you in a whole different direction and can't, and can't prove a goddamn thing. <laughs> you can't prove nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, the, that's the meaning of me it. being in the nation of five percent, because you show and you prove, mm-hmm. you show and you prove. Now for the second part of the question about dropping jewels in the record, I I, I stayed. I, I did that for a second, but then I, I go away from that because technically speaking, my mathematics is personal. Mm-hmm. It's personal. So I'm not going to get into the fad or the trend of sitting there going through 120 degrees or 122 degrees and and coming from this avenue or this avenue but making it sound mathematical for the whole record just so people could be like, wow, what is he talking about? Let's go find out. No, fuck that. Not me. No more. Mm. I'm making motherfucking records that people can understand and dance to. Plain and simple, or, right? Yeah, plain and simple, you know? Not too plain, not too simple. Something to make, make you think, but it's not going to be yeah, go be right there with you. Yeah, and right. and yeah, everyday yeah. music for everyday fucking people. Yeah. Because I remember when I used to spit math in a record, a lot of people would see me and be like, just what does this mean? Because you said this in this record, what does this mean? I hate that shit. <laughs> I didn't want you to give a lecture right now. Yeah, I hate that shit. <laughs> so, it, you know, it comes to my realization that if I'm going to make records, just make it where everybody can understand Mm. Records were never meant to teach people. Mm. They were never meant to teach people. Records, records, records were made for entertainment. Entertaining people, yeah. Mm. To entertain people. Now, when hip hop, or not even hip hop, not gonna blame hip hop for this shit. Rap. When rap came along, everybody wanted to be a motherfucking preacher or a minister or some kind of, you know, <laughs> and, and just just start speak, spitting, 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 spitting. And I'm like, yo. Certain people don't want to hear that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You work, you work, you work from nine, you work from nine to five, Monday to Friday. 
Friday night, you want to go to a motherfucking party with you a dude. You want to go there, have a few drinks, be the chick, if you a chick. You want to go out there with your girls, have a few drinks, be the dude. The last thing you want to do is have a motherfucking record come on and you like this here. What the fuck is he saying? <laughs> So let me so solo. So let me ask you this. So because you you made you made the, you mentioned like not hip hop, but rap. What signified, I guess, the turning point from hip hop to rap, and how do you make the distinction? That's, I, that's, that's, see, that's how you can tell the age difference right there. See, because I love hip hop. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a big fan of rap. I got. You. See, I when I'm at home, I play hip hop. I play hip hop. I have hip hop records. And I'm and got one of them don't have no lyrics on them. Mm. This is all before hip before that rap shit came out on records. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about hip hop. I mean shit like Jimmy Castor, shit like Samande Bra, mm. shit like King Erickson. I mean hip hop records that when you play them, motherfuckers just want to jump on the mic. Yeah. yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. See that's hip hop. Now this rap shit. You motherfuckers, you're about to start talking all this crazy shit. I love rap. It's crazy. It's crazy. Nowadays, rap is crazy. Then you say some shitty shit. But then you gotta understand the mentality of the motherfuckers who's listening to it. They just as shirky. Right. But that shit makes perfect sense to them. Motherfucker like me, I'm like, this shit sound like space music. You know what I mean? I mean, but like I said, I, I love hip hop, and it'll always look as long as it elevates and keeps elevating. Right. Just don't let it stand still. Right. Don't let it be stagnant. That's right. Don't let it. There you go, bro. Don't let it be stagnant. I, I gotta ask you. I read somewhere that you was a bouncer or whatever. How do how yeah, you? I used to. I used to bouncer to <laughs> hip hop artists. Well, actually, when I was a bouncer, I started bouncing when I was like about. Uh, I was still in a group home. I was like about 17. Mm. I was 17. There used to be a reggae joint down on Canal Street called the Reggae Lounge. Mm. Big fucking, big, big Jamaican club. At, uh, from 8 to 2 or from 9 to 2, it was for like mosh pits and that kind of shit. So and I was like bugging the fuck out. So when 2 o'clock came, that closed down and the Jamaican shit started. I was like, this is what the fuck I came there for. <laughs> this is what I came there for. Motherfuckers walking in with guns handing me, yo, Reggie, all this. I'm like, yo, I didn't see the fuck you Yo, yo, we coming in with our gun, but you own this 20. You own this 50. You I was like, yo, hey. Cause I'm standing by the door. Some shit right. pop off. I'm in the fuck I'm out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm already in it. Yeah, I'm not standing by the door. I, y'all coming in, y'all killing each other. <laughs> but that was when I was seven months. Something's burning. But that's when I was 17. And that started there. And it just kept on. It was, you know, trust me, that's something I did not want to do. Mm-hmm. But the money was so easy. All right. The money was so easy. And luckily for me, I'm smart and I can foresee shit. I was never in a situation where I was in harm. Never. Mm-hmm. And I and and matter of fact, I can say in every club I ever bounced in, there was no trouble. There was no trouble because it was more adult. It wasn't a bunch of kids coming at their pants hanging and you know spit dripping out their mouth, hat on backwards. The fuck out of here, you snaggle tooth motherfucker. Yo, <laughs> it was all about adults and shit. So it wasn't wasn't no problem. Yeah, you got you got your first um, record deal with what Fresh Records? What was that? Nineteen eighty six. 
Exactly. Question. What was talk a little bit about like the process of getting the record deal? In 1986, because it's different now. Now it's like, yo, if you get on the internet, you get a buzz on the right. internet. You gonna get a record deal. Right. <laughs> Back then, I'm, I'm, I'm See, that's that cheap shit. <laughs> that's that cheap shit. See, back then when I got the deal, my, my, I don't know, my shit was kind of easy to be honest. Because how I shit, my, I got introduced to it. I was at the dance interior one night on, a, and at that time it was DJ on every floor for the top floor with DJ Africa Islam. And me and Islam was cool. Me and Islam was cool back then because he used to DJ for a crew I was with up in the Bronx. Right. And one thing let you know that he started playing. I grabbed the mic and started rhyming a little bit. The skinny kid was standing next to us, didn't know who the fuck he was. He thought he was a white kid, but he wasn't. Mm. It was Mantronics. Mantronics. Oh, ah. Mantronics just happened to, yeah, he was, um, Mantronics was like half Arab, half Jamaican. So when you looked at him and shit, that's a weird like, combination, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you look at him, you, yeah, so say we look. You don't know what the fuck to say. We don't know what the fuck to say. And then after after the grinding, he, and this is the time if you remember, fresh is the word. Yes, sir. Fresh is the word was banging. Then the MCT. Yeah. And he was like, "Yo, man, my name is Medtronic." Blah 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 blah. He said, "Come on down." You know, I'm saying, "Okay, cool." I have no idea what the fuck he wants me to do. So, I go down and talk to him. He was like, yo, if you could bring us this, bring us that, this, this. I said, fine. Back then, I basically was living near Fort Greene. So every day, I would, matter of fact, I'm trying to be more precise. Well, me and DMX used to meet. It's a place in called, a Brooklyn called Metro Tech now. Okay, yeah, yeah. Anybody, you know where Metro Tech is? Yeah. By the, down there by J Street? Yeah, mm -hmm. I know And you know where the hotels are and everything right there? Me and Ben used to go there before any of that shit was built. It used to be a big ass park. That's where all the kids, because right down the block was New York City Technical College. That's where all the college kids would walk up to the park and come sit down and eat, smoke, drink, or whatever before they go back to, you know? And then all of a sudden they built Metro Center. But. Me and Ben used to meet up there every morning and practice Latoya. Latoya. Wow. Yeah, every morning we used to practice Latoya. And then right down on Myrtle Avenue, before you get to uh, Flatbush Extension, there was a studio, little rinky dink studio. Seen a guy, and I'm not, I talked to the guy, he said $22 an hour. I'm like, okay, I had no idea what to do. I gave my $22, right? This is the funniest shit in the world. He had some lens, you remember the lens drum? Anybody, mm -hmm. anybody familiar with drums, drum machines? Yeah. yeah. The, there's one called a Lindrum. Right. And I was just in there because I remember Grandmaster Flash used to be like, you know, I'm like, I'm going to be like Flash in this motherfucker. Make up a beat. <laughs> I made up a, this beat was whack. Straight up whack. <laughs> but then I threw down the lyrics to put the record back on. Mm. And the guy was like, yo, you should let me work on this. And I was like, nah, that's okay. I got somebody <laughs> listening to this. I took it straight to Mantronics. Mm. He cleaned it up for you. Yo, Mantronics was like, he's the worst shit ever. <laughs> I was like, what about the lyrics? He's like, the lyrics is okay, but the clarity. I didn't know what I was doing, dog. Mm. $22 one hour. I, I did something, though. That, that's, how, that, that's how I got the deal mm. to back press. The first record I ever did was put the record back on. Wow. And it just took off from there.
Hold on, Rob. Let me ask you. I'm curious. 1986. What did that deal look like in 1986? Like, what, what did they what did they offer you to actually sign a record deal with them? Um, for one, the signing was like about maybe thirty thousand. It was plus plus. They bought me, or they they halfway bought me, and I had to put the rest to it, and now why I'm selling it anyway. The con- a condominium up in Parkchester. Okay. Now the only good deal about that was when I sold the condominium, all the money was mine. They didn't get any of it. Oh, you know they helped me get You was thinking, bro. Yeah, yeah. You got a better deal in 1986 than some of these dudes getting now. <laughs> <laughs> it was either the condo or the car, and I knew I couldn't live in a car. Right. There you go. So I got the condo. I had to put half to what they was matching. I had to match what they, you know they was doing. But at the end, when it was sold, I got more money. Yeah. By that time, they asked us out of fitness, so they didn't get a job. Who, who helped you? Who helped you broker that deal? Because yo, we had plenty of people come on here and talk about how horrific their deals were in 1986. And I'm not saying your deal was great, but no, I didn't have, I did not have the best deal in the world. But for that time, I had a good deal. I yeah. did everything myself. I did everything myself. Damn. I didn't have. I didn't have no entertainment lawyer or anything. I had a criminal lawyer. <laughs> 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 but nah, I did everything myself. Wow, I did everything you myself. got a condo out of that? Yeah. Hey, listen. Yes. And a bunch so of right cash. Story, right? Yeah. Is, it, is it true that you had to find something to ride with Scoop for you? Uh, for Latoya, yeah, yeah. That was a pain in the ass. That was just a crazy, just a song, entertainment. Here we go, entertainment. You had to make Yeah, that entertainment, yeah. I did that shit on my lunch hour. How about <laughs> I was um I was a dishwasher at um some uh, Italian restaurant down in Lower Manhattan, like in, a, in, a, in the twenties or something. I forgot the name of this shit. And during lunch hour, got me a plate of spaghetti with some meatballs, and I went downstairs with my pad and my pen. I was eating, and that shit just came. I got the whole rhyme done. Scoop for you. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't think of the beginning, but I said fuck it. No, it was more or less like um I had to rhyme scoop for you. Latoya. Yeah. That's why I said Latoya because I don't know a Latoya. So nobody can accuse me of saying anything about that. <laughs> okay. yeah. Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah, you're going to talk about my sister. There you go. I don't know no Latoya. To this day, I don't know no damn Latoya. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's like one of my favorite um favorite joints by you. Yeah. I, I remember yeah, I appreciate it. going to a party and that came on. Yo, the floor got crazy. Yeah, like, he jumped on the floor. Chicks was on the floor. It was all yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Yo, that shit to me is like the like the hood version of Lottie Dottie. Like that's who was. That's where I got the inspiration. It was Latoya, Veronica were the two of his joints from back then. I, remember, I, remember. Yeah. I didn't do Veronica. I know you didn't. I'm just saying no, no, okay. the song. Latoya oh, okay. Veronica was like, who are these yeah. chicks? Toya Veronica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you said? Yeah, I, remember, I, I remember back in the days before Lottie Dottie even came out on record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before it was out on record, it was only out on cassette. Cassette. Mm-hmm. It was only out on cassette. And it was the real extended version of Lottie Dottie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I remember the first time I ever heard this in the club was at, um, remember um, the Roxy? Yes, sir. Yeah. 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 Remember the Roxy? Then it turned into 1018. Mm-hmm. 
now, I remember the night I heard it because, uh, remember that girl, Lisa Lisa? Yes, sir. Yeah, Lisa oh, come on. Yeah. Her sister, her older sister was a bouncer or one of the <laughs> women that checked you at the door yeah. of the Roxy 1018. And when I looked at her, she was like, no, I'm not Lisa. Cause yo, it looked exactly the same. Mm. And we went on inside and it was like about a good, I don't know, 12 o'clock, 12.30, pushing one. And Ducky Fresh walked in. He walked in with his crew. And, the, and the, whoever was on a DJ, they announced it, you know? Yeah. This is before, this, this is before there wasn't Just Ice. Mm. This is before it wasn't Just Ice. This was just regular Justice Servicious. Now, <laughs> all of a sudden, as soon as Ducky walk in now, 10 minutes later, the original Lottie Dottie comes on. Mm. And I'm saying to myself, yo, that's a clear ass cassette. Yeah. yeah. I made my way to the DJ booth. That shit was on acetate. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> he put that shit on acetate. And it's just like nowadays, how if you get a buzz on the internet, you're better off to get a record deal. Yeah. Same thing he did with Lottie Dottie. He played his head so much on the cassette, everybody knew it. Yeah, when he played it in the club, you knew it wasn't a fucking record that you would go out and buy. Yeah, it's not, it's not a little but, Yeah, but you, but but you it. know it. But you right. know it. Yeah. Yeah. But Slick, Slick Rick voice back then was banging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Other, side like that, other side of that was treated like a prostitute. Yeah. But the original. The original. No, see, no, on the aftertaste, no, remember, treated like a prostitute came out like about seven to nine months later. Yeah. Mm. Lottie Dottie and Treatum was not out at the same exact time until at the end. Because mm. the original Treatum like a prostitute, they started talking about Vanessa Williams and all that shit. Yeah. To me, those records were inspiration because it wasn't like that was to me, that was raw talent. Somebody doing a beatbox, somebody yeah. rhyming. Very simple. Raw talent. That's what caught my attention. Especially the 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 way that they put Lottie Dottie together right. and all of that, I'm like, it like a, a straight up routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't want my shit to sound like no routine. I wanted to sound like my shit. Me and me, me and DMS were walking down the street. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I give I give respect to Ducky Depp for what he did for Chris. He broke the mold with that, and I, I and I and I just capitalized on that shit. Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, so Fresh Records had. EPMD, they had you, they had Teela Rock, they had Nice and Smooth when hip hop was really hip hop. Like, why do you think they ultimately failed? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, the niggas don't gotta pay no bills, man. What you pay no fucking bills? <laughs> I like the money and kept the moving. Yeah, I remember the morning I came, I got off the elevator. I see Jackie Gales on the step with the phone and Big Rock on the oh. I said, I'm not getting no check today. <laughs> <laughs> Them niggas didn't pay no bills, man. And it's like when they left they left off the original office on uh, 66 and Broadway, they went down to um, 33rd and 9th Avenue, something like that. Mm. Another big, another big, huge office. They lost that. They didn't pay no bills. Then eventually, then eventually, they were taking the cream. Well, Will Sok- yo, let me tell you something. Will Sokolov was one of the owners for uh, Speaking Back Fresh. Mm-hmm. He owned a record company called Freeze Records. I remember familiar with it. Yeah. 
Do you know who his first artist was? Jay-Z. Jay-Z. And a dummy let him go. Yeah, Jay-Z. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, Jay-Z. Jay-Z was his first artist. Yeah. And I was like, wow. But to this day, Will presses vinyl. Mm. I don't know. He just said he presses it for whoever, you know, whoever needs it. He's a vinyl presser. I'm like, good luck with that. <laughs> I, yo, there's a market though for um, pressing vinyl, more so for like collectors items and stuff like that. Not ain't like somebody gonna be like, yo, I, I want it on an album, but for collectors edition, you you know everything is Serato now, so it's not like DJs need vinyl. Man, I still collect vinyl though, man. You'd be surprised, man. I, I, I spent but, too much money on vinyl. But most of the vinyl you get, do you get it when you go overseas? I, I, where I'm, wherever I'm at, I could buy vinyl right now. <laughs> you could be talking, I'd be on my phone with discards, ordering some shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm always looking for certain records. See, my collection of records is more yard music than anything. Mm. Okay. You hear the influence yeah. in your music, too. Yeah, you know, so I don't. My, American music, I'll go on the internet and just download that shit. No bullshit. Oh, American music, I'll just download it. Because to me, that's easy music. Now, if it comes to some yard music, that I know I can't, because I mean, where I'm at living, I, there's no reggae stores anyway. So everything is computer. Anything that I want, any, anything I want, I just get it and I just order it and it comes here. You know? So I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a fiend for that shit. Yeah. You're purist too. That yeah, writing. I keep my shit real, man. I, I mean, I, I keep my shit real. Like I said, when I, play, when I play music here in the house, I will play rap every now and then, but it's a certain rap. It'll be like Kumo D. Okay. Or the Beal is four, or Tito, or something like that. Right. But basically, my shit is basically yard music. Yeah. yeah. Basically yard music. Was Cool and Deadly a BDP production? Uh, yes. It was. That was because um, the same day that we signed the contract to do that album, that was the day that Scott LaRock got killed. Damn. He got killed on that day. We all signed the contract that day. And then later on that night, because we were supposed to meet up at Power Play Studios and start recording. Mm. And before I even got to the studio, Chris calls me up in my house because the first record that we actually did on that album was on the strength. Mm. And he called me up and he was like, Scott's gone. I'm like, fuck you, where did he go? Mm. He's like, yo, he got killed. Wow. And then he explained everything to me. And so what happened was Chris just wound up doing that album by himself. So that, that, was be my, that was gonna be my second question. I don't want. I don't really don't want to talk about that Scott Rock shit, dog. Not, not yeah, the Scott Rock. I always thought maybe you and Chris would have worked together and did an album together. What do you, well, oh, you mean both of us on it, on it together? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, could have. He didn't want that back then, and I really didn't want that back then. Mm. Because that wasn't we a thing back then, but I just asked yeah, that. yeah, we weren't we weren't just Ice and KRS One. It wasn't that. I was down with BDP, but I'm just Ice. That's right. KRS One is cool with just Ice, but that's KRS One and BDP. That's right. Uh, you know, it's a separate entity. How did the relationship with um with, with KRS One come about? Oh gosh, we were homeless people. <laughs> and, and Chris talks about that a lot too, bro. We were homeless people. He talked about that under 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 twenty one. Mm. Remember that shit under twenty one? 
Yeah. Was it well, Chris was in the shelter? Because I live I lived on um 168th and Union. Man, I nah, you mean you mean the one on 166 in Franklin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm that son yeah. of a bitch. He took me. What did I go to print? <laughs> we was at we, we was at uh Broadway International Disco. And I'm like, yo, Chris, I'm fucked up. I ain't got nowhere to stay. Don't worry, Jess, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, man. So we hanging out all night. Come come time to go home. This is with Scott LaRock with the DJ. And we go, I'm like, where the fuck are you taking me? He's like, this is where I live. I said, this is a shelter. <laughs> you and that <laughs> I was like, man, I was like, fuck up. I was like, fuck it. I'm going. I went. It was a Sunday night going into Monday morning. They go to crazy farm. You got to go through orientation and all that shit if you're a new person. Mm-hmm. Then you have to see the social worker. Guess who the social worker was? Scott LaRock. Scott LaRock. I didn't know that. I'm like, nigga, what did you just detail last night? <laughs> Yo, for real. And that's one of the places that me and Chris had lived for a second. We always split up and came back, split up and came back because we was homeless. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But shit worked out for the best. He's doing his thing. I'm doing mine. Big up to the man. Mm. Yo, you know what? I, I, I admire that about Karis One. Like, yo, to me, like, yo, he just embodies everything hip hop, like from the graffiti to the music to, yeah, just everything about him, like the struggle, the resilience and all that. Like, yo, I, 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 I admire him about that. And I, and I, I commend him for actually working through that. Cause there's a lot of dudes that, you know, if you homeless, rap ain't on your mind. Partying ain't on your mind. Let's just go get you out the gutter. That's a fact. I think it's the pedigree of living in the Bronx. Cause you had to survive coming out of the Bronx. Yo, let me tell you something, man. Coming up in the Bronx, Back in the 70s was hard. <laughs> and I was young. I got introduced to hip hop in 75 when I was hanging out at Hunch Point. But mm-hmm. I, even before, you know, going to my aunt's house and seeing the area of Hunch Point, you go oh, outside, damn. number of prostitutes. Yo, this is before Al's Wedge. This is before Al's Wedge. Shout out to the Wedge. <laughs> this, is, this is before the Wedge. Wow. Oh, you only met about the way you from the Bronx. Yeah. yeah. Wedge, Harry's Triangle. Everything. All that shit. 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 Mm-hmm. That's when the Bronx was just burnt the fuck down. Yeah. Two train going through Intervale, Simpson, and all that shit. Uh, all you see is burnt the fuck down building. <laughs> <laughs> there was no Jew man. There was no Jew man. Yo, he said Jew man. He took yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to know about that shit. You yeah. from the Bronx. You know about yeah. Jew man, son. You know what's happening. Jew man on one end, and all the way down by Southern Boulevard, you know. When I used to go to um I used to be go to one seventy four on um White Plains Road. Right right off of Randall. I, I remember that shit and it was a long block but it was White Plains Road. And on Saturdays and Sundays or Fridays and Saturdays. I used to go to Jew Man by myself. I'm in the eighth grade. I'm like, yo, you try it, I will fuck you up. 
<laughs> I used to see niggas get robbed. I used to sit there and laugh. Oh yeah. Mm. Like, I'm saying to myself, how this shit happen? Was, no, 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 no. You don't see what's getting ready to happen. Yeah, they don't. You don't see this shit, and I'm like this here. I'm like this dumb motherfucker. And back in the day, niggas just walk up to you, yo, yo, hand it off real quick. Just give it up. Give it up. Give it up real quick. And I'm like, yo, you man, you get robbed. I just didn't care. You fuck with me, you might get me today, but I'm gonna catch your ass back out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ain't hear you man in a minute, but you man was a spot. You used to go there get your kicks, you could get your leather jacket. Everything. Yeah. I'm talking about the original Jew man too. Not yeah. the one that was around the corner in yeah, the store. I caught the one that was right under the train station. Yeah, right yeah. Under the yeah. Right between Simpson and Freeman. Yeah, right there. Between Simpson and Freeman. Yeah. 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 Went on the block and made the big store. Yeah. Yo, I used to stack man. He was a punk. You should not go there. And on, on, on Fordham, people. I mean, Doctor J's. People would go would hit up Doctor J. Yeah, yeah. Is that? I never. I never. I, to me, Doctor J. That was like too. Too open. Nah, that's you used to go to Dr. J's, Gene Plus, VIM, Third Ave. You had Third Ave pretty much had the same shit like VIM, Dr. J's. Yeah, I go to VIM to get my son some shit. I Frank's on Tremont. Frank's on Tremont. Nah, I like Frank's. Yeah, you go in there, you go in there and get a gun license. Frank was official. Yeah, official shit. Yo, Frank was official. You go in there and apply for your gun license in there, and if you were you know, if he knew you, put it like that, yeah. if he knew you, right. you would get a break. That's right. You would get a break. Pacey would break, that's right. Yeah, you get a break. I remember me and OC from the Fearless Boy used to frequent that place. <laughs> and then, <laughs> right up the block from Frank's, the fever. Yeah. Well, you know, it wasn't the fever. It used to be called the Devil's Nest. Mm. Was it the fever? The fever, the fever's on the fever's on McCoon's Road. That's over there by by by, by one sixty something street. That's didn't they um in, didn't in they, River Avenue? Didn't yeah. they um high call it though? Didn't they revamp it though and end up making nah. the fever right there on Tremont? Frank's not listen, listen. Frank's is right by the um what do you call it? The Metro North train yes, station. Sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right the bank there. was across the street. Right across the street, no, the bank was across the street going the the, the big way. But right. if you go across Tremont. Mm-hmm. On the same side as Frank, you run into the Devil's Nest. It was right there on the corner. That was the Devil's Nest. They changed it to Roombas. Mm. That's why I used to do a lot of bouncing. That's where I met my wife, everything. Oh, Trust wow. me. I remember when the Devil's Nest used to be one of the biggest hip hop spots in the Bronx. Yeah. I remember that night, Tula Rock played there in like 80, 88 or 87, 88. It was so packed. So that was the Devil's Nest. The Fever's on McCoon's Road over there on River Avenue. With Super mm. Sal and all of them. What's the um? So what was the other Parkside Plaza was over there? What's yeah, the other park, shit? The, the FCC Garage. Mm. The FCC Garage. You take the number four train to uh, I think one seventieth. Mm. You yeah, walk up the block. No, no, no. I haven't. No, I haven't. We start a sport one, yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah. where's that look? That, that's over there on um what? Boston Road. Boston Road. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Nah, and you know why? See, I don't see back in the days, I that, that was some Herculoid and breakout type shit. That's break DJ breakout. Yeah. That that's break bro, that's breakout shit. Because I used to live up there and breakout, me and breakout, I used to see breakout like every month coming through, you know, doing this thing up there on Gun Hill Road. 
But I'm not. Yeah, yo, break, yo, I, I I heard Breakout play recently. Yes, sir, in the fall. That boy, that, 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 that Rock Day and Go Hill Project. Shout out. Now I got some shit on. I got some shit on the internet though. When he was when he's in his when he's in his um that that car that little doom buggy. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And he's yeah. playing one of his tapes. Yo, classic. The shit right. that he's playing. That's what made him special and his sound system because. Bam could play, Flash could play, Hurt could play. It didn't sound, whatever they were playing, if, if Breakout played it, it sounded totally different because of the bass. Because of the mm. bass. The yeah, mighty body sauce day, You can go in his backyard, he has the whole block locked off, and you can hear his music, and it sounds like 1979 jam, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's he's still spinning the same break beats. No, no, uh, no new hip hop, just break beats. Break beats. That's what I'm saying. Break beats. Hip hop. Mm. Hip hop. Before the motherfucker, before motherfuckers touch the mic. Yeah. All break beats, man. Shout out to DJ Breakout, big homies. Yeah. Breakout and Baron. Yo, is it true that um heavy that that rest in peace to heavy D? Is it true though that he kind of um oh, lifted oh, the concept of don't curse from you and Karis one? Yes, yes, he did. I don't even <laughs> like talking about it. I ain't mind talking about it when heavy was alive. But now nah, his brother yeah, passed yeah. away. I don't even like talking about it. But yeah, he he got that. <laughs> he got that. Yo, Let's leave that alone. So what you learned from that experience? Like, did you say like? Don't talk uh, around motherfuckers. Don't talk around. Keep your ideas to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like being a part of the self destruction record? You know, the actual recording of it and being in the video. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, uh, being a part of that record at that time, I didn't fully understand. I'm not gonna lie. As I got older, I understood it more as I got older. Mm -hmm. Um, The reason that I wanted to be on that record is to show that you don't have to be hard all the time, you know, you can switch it up a little bit, yeah, you know what I'm saying, uh, the person who was in charge of the record didn't want me on there, period, oh, wow. it, was, it was like, justice is too, I'm like, whatever, I don't want him on the record, Dougie first was like, well, just ain't gonna be on the record, I'm not gonna be on the record, that, <laughs> Kareem, Kareem, Daddy, you from Texas, Sonic was like, well, they gonna be the record, we ain't gonna do the record either. <laughs> it, it started a chain reaction. Oh, wow. So, and Carly had no choice but to be like, okay, Josh, you get to be on the record. So, I went down that road, it was a 16 bars, something real soft shit. And I recorded it. And that was the fun part. You know, they shot the video, I think, in three days. Huh. I must have missed two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I must have missed them. I got to the jail part on time. The part where they was in Mount Marvis Park, where everybody was sitting down doing it. I'm yeah. not there. Oh, wow. I'm not there. I'm, I'm getting my hair cut. <laughs> I'm in the barbershop. I was getting my hair cut and shit. So uh, it, it was kind of fun while you was there. The, the, the part where he was in the Schaumburg on 135th Street, he was all sitting around the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of cool. I mean, to be honest, dog, the best thing about all that shit was the food. Cause we had a lot of food. A lot of food. There's a lot of food there. So I'm like, yo, I like to eat. So you know, I was eating my ass off. I was, I was, I was one of the last motherfuckers to leave. 
Yo, Yo that, that to me was like the hip hop, kind of like the hip hop, we are the world um, yeah. Yeah. back then. But I'm, I'm just wondering, like, because from my perspective, I always thought it was a record that was crafted by Karis One, that it was his brainchild. He's like, Yo, I'm gonna put this together. But he, I, it, was, it was kind of his brainchild, but mm-hmm. it took on a life of its own. Mm. You know, it was, I mean, because all it was like, it was a thought that everybody was having, but nobody brought it to the forefront. He did. Right. He, I think he, he brought it to Ann Carly. Right. And since it was something that everybody was thinking of, but it's like nobody wants to say it, but we're all thinking. It. Right. All right. He brought it up, and that's what it took on a life of its own. And, and that, it, it just took off. What was the acronym HEAL? Healing Education Against Lives? Something yeah. like that. That was a different record, right? That was he was a different record. Yeah, I think it was a different. That was a different record. How how come? I mean, I guess since then, I don't know if we've had another record of hip hop artists. I think West Coast had we're all in the same gang or something like that. Yeah, but I don't think we ever had a record, you know, of hip hop artists actually come together. Well, know why? Why? Why you think? I'm gonna keep keep it real. Keep it a stack, baby. Fuck, don't give a fuck. That's right. (laughs) Fuck, don't give a fuck, baby. Down. Let's get together, stop the gun. Don't you it's, it's, smart people think like this. For years, centuries, we've been talking about the same shit. Stop this, stop this, let's do this, let's do that. Blah, 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 blah. We still talking about it today. Mm-hmm. It's done. Why waste your fucking time? <laughs> Why waste your fucking time? Go out there and make my record about Shorty and my new dance and how my brother's bigger than yours. And I'm gonna make millions. I'm gonna make millions. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go on TikTok and do the dumbest shit in the world. Make millions. Yeah. I'm gonna go out there and talk about trying to heal the nation, heal the people, blah, blah, blah. What am I getting? A million people listening? While the other fucking millions and billions is doing other things? Man, listen. <laughs> I'm all for healing of people. I'm all for it, but it gotta start with self. Yeah. It gotta start with self. I'm not gonna sit there and take my ideas and my thoughts and try to implant them on you and your fucking thoughts are somewhere else in the gutter. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting you say that because a lot of people attribute it to, um, to the music industry. You know, like, so do you think it's more so about the actual artist or is it the music industry that's like, nah, we don't want that. We only want you with the fuckery. Well... I, I, half and half, put it like that. Mm. Half and half. Half and half. Because some people, I don't know, man. I don't know what you think you're going to get out of making a record trying to uplift a people. I don't know what you're going to get out of that. Mm. Nobody's going to buy that shit. It's not for entertainment. It's entertainment. I understand that in the late 90s, Chris came out with the term edutainment. Yeah, yeah. That's only if you want to be educated to a beat. When I go to a fucking party, the last thing I want to hear is about a fucking history. I got the history channel for that shit. Yeah. I want to, like I said, I want to party. Right. I think, you know what right. I mean? I, think I want to sit there and party on one line, next time I'm over there doing math and shit. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? Yada, we need that up-tempo shit, yada. You know, yo, yo. it's something like that. I'm, and I think and like I said, I'm not against uplifting people, but it's got to start with self. If mm-hmm. you want to get uplifted, then you uplift yourself. 
if you know somebody that want to get uplifted, then you help that person. Mm-hmm. You just don't go out there randomly throwing out your shit. Yeah. I feel like that there was a period, a brief period in hip hop where enlightenment and, and uplifting was actually celebrated. Like when we had the the um the X clans or you know, we had the poor righteous oh, teachers. Gosh, like, you motherfucker. Yo, 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 hold on, hold on, just hold on. We had yo, we had dudes that was really talking about, you know, like knowledge itself and PE and I mean, Heiko, well, if, even if you, yeah. you, wanna, did you, did you, did you, do you know Lumumba? You talk, you, you taking it now. You taking it, Heiko, it back. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm talking about like even if you think about dudes like PE, like PE had records that you could party to, but there also was some nuggets of information yeah. in there. That's cool, cause yeah. it was he, Chuck is a smart brother. Mm-hmm. Chuck kept it eighty percent party. Give you a little bit of knowledge here because of this. We're gonna keep it 80% party. We're gonna just go in there and just bang your head with just that, 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 that. You know, we're gonna do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And getting back to the X Clan. We <laughs> gotta speak the medicine to the East, my brother, to the East, my brother. Nah, I'm just gonna say big up to the X Clan, man. Just big nah, up. I'm gonna drop a jewel on us, Everybody who speaks about uplifting the people and this, that, and the third behind closed doors, they ain't really about that. They ain't about that. <laughs> behind closed doors, they ain't really about that, man. It's, it's, it's entertainment. So that's an image, that's an image too. Another way to figure to try to angle against themselves and get the bag or something. It's a gimmick, man. I mean, yeah. people forgot making records is entertainment. Mm. There's nothing truthful about this shit. It's like looking at a story on TV. It's totally made up to look believable. Damn. So it's totally made up to sound believable. You know what's funny? You say that? I was listening to the radio this this morning, and somebody was talking about um, Nas made it by rule the world, and he said he opened up all the cells in Africa and sent them to Attica. And somebody, somebody was like, well, I don't know if I like that. I'm like, like you sitting here saying that's entertainment. They sitting here analyzing and talking about whether they look. Yes, that's the problem. Yo, rhyming. Back in the days when rhyming first started, you just you you you, you tried to rhyme any word with any word just sort of mm-hmm. sound good. Scoop there you. was no, there was no, there was no fucking um, there was no real significant meaning behind it. Yeah. It was rhyming. He opened up all the cells in Africa from the attic. Big yeah. motherfucking deal. Yo, Nas, big up, my brother. <laughs> big the fuck up, man. Yeah. Keep, on, keep on saying what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? People want to sit there and analyze every motherfucker. Go, yo, go by the dictionary. <laughs> go by the dictionary or something, man. Yo, you think I don't like that? You think you think so? You think Melly Mel with the message opened the door for like the overanalyzation of hip hop? Mel killed him. Mel took him to a level, whereas that's when you started really realizing people who was listening to hip hop, they were idiots. Mel had them like this here. I think I think the only verse they really understood was "Don't push me, cause I'm close <laughs> to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head." <laughs> now it's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Certain people didn't know what the fuck that meant. Yeah, they was like, "What jungle?" <laughs> <laughs> they like, "Don't he live in the Bronx?" 
They didn't understand about the concrete jungle. Yeah. See? And it was, and what really, if you, yo, remember when he made New York, New York? Mm. He got deeper. So y'all don't remember that. Yo, Judge, you breaking my heart because yo, there's there's hip hop artists that I'm just picturing. I don't want to name them, but like that, picturing them behind closed doors eating a pork chop sandwich, but on record. Hey, yo, 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 yo. <laughs> <laughs> you got a BLT. You know, you put a because back in the days when we used to go to rallies and shit. We knew it was snakes in that motherfucker, so it was always a certain brother who just didn't give a fuck. People come up there, and boy, you snake-ass niggas. We know about y'all. You go home, you and your cousin, y'all look in the oven, you see that ham, you be like, I won't tell, you won't tell. <laughs> Yo, but yeah, but you gotta understand just because the person was on the microphone talking about this here, how, you know, A and B, they go home, man, they doing C and D. You know what I'm saying? Every, people who understand that this is a music business, an entertainment mm-hmm. business, those are the ones I big up. The people who actually think that this is a format or a platform for you to get your personal message across about how you don't like how the oil prices are or climate change, they're the wrong place. <laughs> no, I don't think the average consumer is interested in hearing about that anyway. Um, with this being the 50th anniversary of hip hop, do you feel like that, and this, this is my opinion, I feel like there has been more light sort of shined on hip-hop and trying to kind of give kudos to pioneers and everything but it's all around the time of the 50th anniversary right like when year 51 comes are we still gonna be on the same shit or is it gonna be like yo go ahead back to wherever you I are tell you one motherfucker who ain't gonna who gonna still be on the same shit he's been on it for the last 50 years he's been on it for the next 20 years you know who i'm talking about you My man cool no cool dj you can't fuck with her Walk around with this big ass chip on his shoulder, and you like, I dare you to knock it off, nigga. You owe me money. <laughs> yo, <laughs> yo, yo, you owe me money. I'm, not, I'm like, yo, hurt. I'm like, hurt. This is my brother. Yeah, like, yeah, hurt, yeah. Cool hurt, keep it a stack. I met Cool Hurt before. Uh, my father-in-law was doing a documentary, and he he um he interviewed Cool Hurt. So I had the opportunity to spend some time with him. Cool Hurt, keep it a stack. Like he just, that yo, he's raw. He's raw with his shit. Yo, let me tell you something, man. On a certain side of the Bronx, if it wasn't for her, it wouldn't have been no hip hop. Mm, it wasn't for her and Cindy. We have little um, sixteen party. The, the party. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't have received. But there was shit going on on the other side of the Bronx. Oh shit! Just as you old as hurt. Just, just as old as hurt, or maybe a little older, because we got pictures of hurt at Disco King Mario parties. There are pictures of her mm. at Disco King Mario party. Wow. See, people don't realize Mario was a... Mario was a... Mario I used to go to Disco King Mario party. I was like about maybe... I was, matter of fact, I was still in the seventh grade. I wasn't even in fucking high school yet. I was still in the seventh and eighth grade. Because I was this when I was going back and forth from Brooklyn, Franklin Avenue, back to Castle Hill. Mm. Every day, Brooklyn, the Bronx. So when there was a party on the weekend, when Mario would play in Bronxdale outside, every fucking body came. All the projects came. 
Bronxdale came, Castle Hill came, Soundview came, Monroe came, Sackworth came, Soundview Little Houses came, Bronx River came, they came. That's Mario. Mm. That's Disco King Mario. Motherfuckers don't realize that Mario was down with Mayberry, Big Mac, and Chuck City. So Mario had that shit covered. And he was doing it just as long, if not longer, than her. Wow, I go see him. Wow, right, right, right. That shit is like an age-old debate. You know you probably ruffling yeah. covers with that. Uh, yo, I don't come over no goddamn problems. Anybody who knows hip hop knows Mario was out there. Everybody know. I'm not that said on one side of the Bronx, Herc had. Herc introduced it over there. That's yeah. the west side of the Bronx. Shout out Cedric Avenue. Yeah. Cedric Avenue, all that's where Brucey B. That's where them niggas grew up at. Yeah. But on our side, on our side, Bronxville. On, on the number six train line. Ah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. number six train line. See, Mario had that shit covered. Mm. And you knew. You say, you, you, as soon as you go to Bronxdale, mm-hmm. that's back in the days when they had the, when they had the, um, what's that shit, the White Castle. Yeah. It's right, still, on, right on Brooklyn. It's still it's there, still man. Man. Yeah, but the yeah. burgers was, the burgers were 22 cents back then. <laughs> yeah, I remember when the burgers were probably less than 22 cents. Yeah. At one time it was, I remember they were 12 cents, but now I was they, mad little. They used to give you the ticket with the number on it, remember? By the time I was able to go to the counter, it was 22 cents. <laughs> and right on the corner of Castle Hill and um, was it Buckner? They had a place called Weston's. Yeah. Weston's. Yeah. It was right down the block of PS36, mm-hmm. where Jennifer Lopez and Huffington used to go. Okay, see, like I say, it's a difference in being there and it's a difference in hearing it and repeating it. I don't have to repeat it. I was there. My mother used to work in Southern City. You just see Jennifer every goddamn day. Her and her sister. Yo. Wait, so, all right, so how do we how do we keep the same energy that they got right now with the 50th anniversary? How do we keep it going? post the 50th anniversary like i said brother it all starts with ourselves mm-hmm. if one person does it the next person wants to do it and they get that bug or whatever i mean fine but a lot of people are going to go their own separate ways the 50th is going to always be there it's going to always be there but it's not important to just dwell on it because you've got to think about the next 50 Right. It's like hip hop. We love the way the shit is today, right? What's today? Wednesday? Right. Today's Wednesday, right? I'm up. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm in the right day and shit, right? All right. <laughs> I'm, 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 yo, you love it today on Wednesday. Tomorrow it'll be better. You love it then. It just can't be said. Don't don't forget about Wednesday, because you gotta know your past in order to know where you at in Fact. order to be comfortable to where you're going. Mm-hmm. But you have to know where you're going and always acknowledge the past. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, they'll, they'll, that 50 years, bam, I haven't heard so much about hip-hop in, all, you know, in a long time except for Right. Years. It's all over the place now. And when I look on TV and I see some of the people that's represented, dead-ass wrong. <laughs> I ain't gonna mention no names. I ain't gonna mention no names, but dead-ass wrong. Mm-hmm. They ain't got no fucking business up there talking about peace to hip-hop. Oh, I, I think it's my motherfucker. You about four years old. What the fuck you know about hip-hop? <laughs> I know I was. <laughs> That's why I I keep my shit the way it's personal, man. I don't even like, if you ain't in my era, 
or you know where I come from with hip hop. I don't like talking about. Or or just you know what I peep too. So now with this with these stories coming out with it being the 50th anniversary, a lot of the stories have been diluted, and a lot of stories are being told by artists that they deem to be commercial or safe yeah. artists to tell a story. There you go, safe artists. Who the fuck want a safe artist? <laughs> corporate America. Yeah, yeah well, that's why hip hop. Corporate America's cold. Here's for another else. thing. Here's another thing people fail to understand or forgot. Hip hop is not mainstream. Hip hop is underground. Always been. Right. Hip hop is a culture. Underground. Yeah. It's underground. Yeah. Hip hop is underground. Hip hop and rap are totally different. Rap is the culture. Hip hop is the music. People yeah. forgot that shit. That's right. It's not supposed to be mainstream. So when you have a safe artist on television talking about hip hop and everything like that, that is not for me. That is for corporate America. Exactly. When I want to hear about hip hop in its rawest form, I'll call certain people. I'll call Jazzy J up. Jazzy J. I'll, I'll call. I'll call. I'll call Red Alert. I, I'm a pain in the ass to Chuck Chill out of Red Alert. I just call Mr. Fuck about <laughs> music. Yeah. I'll call up people that I know who were there before me or with me. I'll call Van Silk. Me and Van Silk, we talk. You know what I mean? So it's like I just to me hip hop. Like I said, it's different than rap, man. Different than rap. To me, hip-hop is older than rap. Word. Hip-hop you is know, much older than rap. You cool, you cool with Hollywood? DJ Hollywood? I met Hollywood, um, I don't know him personally. So, I, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm cool with the brother, because he's a, you know, I don't know him like we hang out. The last time I saw Hollywood, I was in, it was me, Dougie Fresh, Kumo D. Um, we were down in Dougie's recording studio. Okay. And I just happened to walk up in there, because me and Dougie was cool, so I just stopped by there every now and then. And Hollywood was there. I didn't even know it was Hollywood, to be honest, until I think I heard Doug call him. Yeah. I was like, yo, that's you think Hollywood? Because I was young when Hollywood was banging, man. Yeah. When Hollywood was doing clubs, ain't no way in the fuck. I was like, like 10 or 11. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I heard yeah. of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I've heard of him. That's like when I met Lovebug Starsky, I fucked out. Because I'm like, yo, I see you rock the mic so many yeah. times. And, but then me started talking, and one thing led to another. We became mad cool. Right. We became mad cool. So um, Hollywood, like I say, not you know we're not buddy, 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 but I respect them because of what he did. He's a kid. The day that I met him, he was cool, so he's cool with me. Are you yeah, working yeah, on anything right now? Too? I heard two questions. I, I was asking, are you working on anything right now? Well, no. Well, I'm writing because I um, just got back in contact with DMX. Nice. But um, the last joint that I did was about maybe a year ago. Me and Curtis, we did a joint called um, Get Your Drink On, Get Your Freak On. Mm-hmm. And it got a good response. It's still, matter of fact, it's still getting a good response from overseas. Nice. Because it sounds like cold getting done. Mm. Okay. It sounds like, I don't know if you heard it yet, it's called Get Your Drink On, Get Your Freak On. So um, that's the last thing that was actually put out between me and Mantronics. Okay. And uh, we're gonna, like I told you, we're gonna take it one step at a time because 
we're not under any contractional pressure like the old days <laughs> when you happen to bang them out before a certain time and hit the album we can take our time with this so we're just taking it one song at a time mm-hmm. all right i see it right now get your drink on the free created july 8th last year but drop yeah, okay. yeah. drop last year okay just you um you still doing like shows in the states and shows shows overseas Overseas, yeah, states. No, I don't like the states anymore yeah. because they cheap. They cheap. Fucking, they fucking, cheap. But you know what I was saying? Overseas, overseas, the appreciation for hip hop is different. It's much higher. Exactly. <laughs> is that because it is underground overseas? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. It's not mainstream over there. I don't even know if you could turn the radio on and hear American hip hop over there. Mm. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't know. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not right, saying right, it's right, not. Right, 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 right. I, I know in London now. In London, they got they got radio stations up the ass. Yeah, they got hip hop, reggae, all that. But say like in Amsterdam and little towns like Helmont, forty miles out, because we perform in a town called Helmont. Yeah, Helmont, H E L M O N D, Helmont, about forty miles outside of um Amsterdam. We do that every year. Right. Supposed to go this year, but I'm waiting on DMX to get his passport. And um, like I said, they appreciate it. Like you said, they appreciate it much more. Yeah, yeah. they appreciate it much more. It's um, it's like the difference. The promoters over there, they realize what's you know what we gonna be doing, and a little bit of stress. The promoters in America, they don't give a fuck because half the promoters. I, I'm gonna stay with New York, New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. They see the motherfucking rappers every day. Yeah. 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 So it's not like it's a real big, big thing. You have to, motherfucker. I give you fifteen hundred. Come up there, give me six songs. What are you nuts? <laughs> 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 I'm like, I'm like what, what, what are you fucking crazy or something? Fifteen hundred. I give you a song and a half. See, but that's how the promoters are in in mm. America, and they're they're cheap. They're yeah. cheap. Yeah. What was? So, go ahead, brother. Go ahead, go ahead. I was because the last time I got offered a few, it was about a month or so ago, I got offered two shows in Atlanta, Georgia. I got uh, uh, offered to do an appearance down in Miami to do something, and I was like, you know, I'm not really, I ain't feeling that shit. And I ain't feeling it. I don't even like the audience no more. Yo, what was the, what was it like the first time that you got on stage overseas and you went and you you went to perform? Whoa, oh, way, way back. And well, literally, the they time, sung the whole verse for well, you. Well, the first time I performed overseas, going way back was an hour. Mm. Put your record back on was out. Mm. Wow. Put the record back. The first time I went overseas, they, they surprised me. And the part that they knew was DMX's part. The put that, put that, put that, put that, put that. That's the part, like, um, but I love you, so always cut that shit up. They knew that shit. It's like when I started rhyming, they actually started breakdancing. Oh, okay. they started breakdancing. It's it's totally different over there, man. This is back in '86. Now check this shit out. When I went over there in 2000, I think 12. I went over there, and I, the DJ that I had was off. It was fucking awful. He, he he just happened to get this one right. He put put the record back on right. And it was an instrumental. I'm like, okay, we got that far. I just started rhyming. And then all of a sudden, all these B-boys came up on the stage. Mm. And they did it in a way you could tell it wasn't disrespectful. You know, usually, when motherfuckers on stage, they're going to come on stage, you got a problem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, 
they came up on stage with they they had the sweet they had the Adidas and the, the Pumas and the sweet. I was like, yo, I shit. stepped back and I started running. Y'all motherfuckers, I felt like I was back in the seventies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, that was the kind of vibe, and it was a good vibe. And at the end of the record, man, I did my little put my fist up in the air. They all stood there, they clapped. The audience clapped. So these niggas clapped. Yo. Yeah, <laughs> yo. That's what I'm saying. Like, yo, overseas, yo. They, they appreciate hip hop. When you start talking about Dude, the band, ever. the DJ, the mute, like, all of it, they just, they just, they can't the speak the language, English, but they know your words, bro. They know your words. They know your words. Yo, I said, I said, motherfucker, you funny sassy motherfucker. <laughs> yo, let me tell you something. We went over there the last time we was over there, me and Max Tronic, I think it was like 2018. Right before COVID. Okay. Yo, but I did cold getting dumb. I didn't really have to say much. The Latoya didn't really have to say much. That shit kind of bust me out. I'm like, these motherfuckers. But then I think about it. When I play certain Jamaican records, I know every goddamn word. Right. Mm-hmm. right, right. I know every word, so I know how they feel. You know what I'm saying? But it, it's, it's a good feeling. It's the appreciation, though, like the appreciation for the music. Yes, like they, yes. you could, I've I've been abroad and I've seen people respond to certain records. I'm like, damn, like yo, the it's love, the artist, yeah, it's like it's yo, different, they, yeah. It's, it, it's and different. it may be what you're saying, like the the familiarity of growing up in the states and having the opportunity to interact with some of the artists and everything. It's like, uh, you know, yeah, you, you see these cats them. every day, man. Like, yeah. motherfuckers, you like yo, yo, come on, man. I mean, you live right around the corner from me. Why would you go come? Why would you go come? Motherfucker, look. Catch me when I go to the fucking deli. And when I'm going in there, just put my put, put my CD on. It's like I'm staying. You know what I mean? You gotta go. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you should do it, man. Because I don't understand that. I don't, I don't get that. Right. I don't get that. You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit there and pay a bunch of money to see a motherfucker that I see every other day. Word. And if I want to hear the, the person's song, I got the internet. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah. right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, if I'm going overseas, I'm going to make sure that when I perform, I'm going to give them something extra. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them something extra, something to remember you by. You remember you by. Right? What I like to call it, what I like to call it is eating a shit stain on the stage. <laughs> Yo, That's you know what, what I like to call it. I'm going to tell you, you know what, you know what, and, and I'll tell you this as an artist and as a consumer and a fan of music, that sometimes the things that I don't appreciate, though, is that like being a dude that really appreciate and love hip hop when older artists come out and perform i want to hear they shit like i, I don't go I, I'll mess shit. with their new shit too yeah. but i want to hear the the, the, old the original you want to hear what yeah, you like, want to hear them but brought them to the table yeah right. yeah Facts. But it, you know, it'd be occasions where people they'll shy away from the shit, or they'll be, be like, "Yo, I wanna, yo, let me hear you know the shit." I'm gonna, I'm and I grew up on. I'm gonna put it in a nutshell for you. They don't remember the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> shit, then let's it, then. Let's uh, no, 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 I'm saying they don't remember. Yeah, they can't lip sync if you don't remember. Massive crowd participation, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you catch the artist and. They've been doing this for like 20, 30 years or whatever. See, like me, I started in 86. So what am I, 30-something years now? Yeah. I make sure when I go on stage, I know every fucking lyric. And I sing, and I make sure my voice sounds just like the record. Clear, right. Yeah. A lot of these artists, <laughs> like, yo, I got my money. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm going to do this shit real quick. <laughs> 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 
But yo, just that's because you you shooting in the gym. That it should be muscle memory, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I look at I I I, I, I practice. I can't say every day, but at least every other day, I go through my show. Yeah, I go through my show every other day because my show is right here on the computer. I sit right in my room, right, and I go through my show, and I don't get up and start dancing around. Like, I'm doing it right. for memory, right. yeah. for repetition, for memory. That's so, it, you know, so that's just how it is, man. Y'all can imagine y'all performing in Berlin somewhere, and someone here. I did that before. I did that. I did that. We rocked it too. And and the crowd say, "Yo, stop front and use your head." Yeah. <laughs> they know the word. It was crazy in Berlin, right? They had big, huge tents. I mean, you ever seen a circus tent before? Yes, sir. Yeah. Had to hold a whole bunch of, this was like twice that size. It was for a concert. Because the guy, the promoter was like, yeah, they're performing at a tent. I was like, fucking tent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you're in the sound system, oh my God, yo. And they Real sing shit. your song. They sing your song. Like, yeah. I'm leaving. <laughs> Just hold the mic out. Just hold the mic out. You know what I mean? And they sing it for you. Wow. Yeah. Yo. Yo. The other your other signature was the hat and the gold teeth. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got my hat. hat. Like, is the hat right there, hat. like you looked at. Is the hat right there? Yeah, that, that yeah. hat's right there in the garage. Oh, the hat's right there in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> the hats are right there in the garage, and you know, I keep gold teeth in my pocket. So. But the hats are right there. I just did a commercial for um, what's it called? Uh, it's a new beer called Electro Beer. Okay. It's in um London. Okay, and nice. the commercial just came out, so you get a chance. It's on YouTube. Okay. I'm wearing, I'm wearing, I'm wearing one of the hats in the commercial. Nice. Where were you? Where, where were you getting those hats from? Dapper there? Hell no, Dapper couldn't fuck with my man Kiffin. Okay, okay. So where, where, where you said just getting them from? The name, the name of the name of the company is called Ross Roots. Okay. Ross hmm. Roots. Yeah. It was down in the see, He came out of the Coliseum, her sixty ninth in Jamaica. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of the Coliseum, yeah. The Sir Kings was back in the day. Yep. Yeah, Sir Kings, yeah. And where I got my first gold teeth from Eddie Goatee. Mm. Uh, I was Eddie Go I was Eddie Goatee's very first recording artist. That's <laughs> why on the Justicism album I put the teeth, the caps and shit up there. Mm -hmm. yeah, that was that was that was just Eddie big up and props but then left the man when he stole my shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's crazy. Oh man. Just, yo, I appreciate you doing this interview. I don't have no more questions, man. This has been one of my favorite interviews that we've ever done. All right, all right. Yo, but I don't know if Rob or King got other questions. Y'all got, got other questions? I, I, got, I got one more. Listen, if you, if you I, I, I'm appreciative of being in the God yeah. presence, man. Word. Yeah. With, with all the stuff we see going on now with, the, with these with these young rappers and cults and everything, do you... Do you ever think that we said maybe we'll, we'll get back to a place where we but we get some kind of level of authenticity? That all depends, man. Because like I said, rap is going to keep elevating, and in order for it to reach its pinnacle or just try to reach it, it has to go up. It can't go in a circle. Right. It can't go in a circle because that's just repeating the cycle. Right. It might get to a good place, but then eventually it's going to move away from that place right. Right. and back to where you don't want it. So what you want to do is keep it going up. You have to keep it going up. So hopefully one day the mentality will come back to. But like that's what that goes back to what I was saying earlier. You can speak about stuff on a record that has to do with partying, 
but just make it sound intelligent. Yeah. You don't have to always go up there and spit a lesson. Right. Mm. You know, so if they can get the mentality right and get them, get, if they can get the formula, put it like that. Because a lot of people forgot about the formula. Mm. See, the formula was lost when gimmicks came into the action. Right. When death started, when death started happening inside of a rap, not hip hop, rap. Right. When the death started and when the gimmick started, this, the, the formula for authenticity, it was lost. It's been a reason. See, they, they found, a, how you say, <clears throat> they found a gimmick. Yeah. And a lot of people stuck with that gimmick. Yeah. And so part of that gimmick is basically not the most intelligible literature here, but just enough to keep you interested. Interested, man. You know what I'm saying? So back to what Yada was saying, maybe one day they will get back to that mentality. Maybe they will come together, figure out the formula to keep the people dancing, but keep them listening too. Mm. You know? Maybe one day, man. Mm. 